I think that the key thing that needs to be said is, you know, no matter what the diagnosis, where there is life, there is hope. No matter that diagnosis, it is tough. But for as long as you're alive, which is what these stories show, um, there's still good living to do. I'm Connie, and this is From Chaos to Peace with Connie, where I explore, sometimes solo and often with a guest, how a few minutes a day can keep the chaos away. And with chaos, I'm talking about the physical, digital, social, financial, mental, emotional, and spiritual clutter that can accumulate in our life. This is a special episode. We are talking with Michelle Henton again, and she was a guest a year ago talking about strategic planning in business and life and how it helped her achieve a dream goal of living and working in Europe while, li- while being originally from Australia. But today we're talking about how she got the scary diagnosis of breast cancer 23 years ago. It was different times back then, she says. No breast cancer awareness months yet. And she says it was all hush-hush and nobody talked about it. The result was that the women with this diagnosis were not just scared to death, but also very, very lonely in their suffering, herself included. Then Michelle came across a movement that had been sparked by a trial conducted by Dr. Don McKenzie, a sports medicine specialist here at the University of British Columbia, UBC, Vancouver, Canada, in 1996. In this trial, those diagnosed with breast cancer were part of a group of dragon boat paddlers. And this trial was such a success, it was the beginning of a global movement. And Michelle went on to be the founder of Dragons Abreast Australia. Now, Michelle co-authored a book called Internationally Abreast, Exercise as Medicine, a story of hope and courage together with her friend Eleanor Nielsen from Toronto, Canada, who was diagnosed with breast cancer in 1989 at the age of 51 and then went on to become the founder of Dragons Abreast Toronto in 1997. This is the inspiring story of the 25-year growth of what is today a worldwide movement and amazing story of hope and strength, where women started dragon boating groups even during lockdown as recent as 2020. Michelle is here to share her side of it and talk about the book she wrote and why she wrote the book. I'm very honored to call Michelle my friend and my hope is that whoever listens to this episode who was diagnosed or who has someone in their life that has been diagnosed with this insidious disease hears the positive message Michelle and the other dragon boaters want to spread. Okay, without further ado, Let's jump into this conversation with Michelle Hampton. Welcome back to the podcast, Michelle. I'm so excited to talk about your new book here on my podcast. Well, I'm excited to talk about it too, Connie, and it's wonderful to be here again as your guest. So thanks for the privilege. Yeah. And you know what? It's almost to the day a year that you were on my podcast. It's it's kind of 
interesting. Really? <laughs> interesting detail. Yes. Last year in October, you were a guest. And now we are back in October 2021. And here Michelle shows up <laughs> as a surprise wow. guest. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. Yeah. So we're talking about your book. And I, I don't want to take the, the, the story you want to tell around it away from you. I'll let you talk about that. But what I want to say real quick is I feel it's so interesting that it ties us together in a way because it has to do with Vancouver, BC, Canada, <laughs> even though you're in Australia, which is on its own already, um, kind of like interesting um, side story, no? And I think yes. it started with that um, sports medicine specialist who kind of... Um, yes, um, yes, absolutely. Yeah, had the idea. So... And then he created this worldwide movement out of it. So somehow, no. So I let you tell your side of the story a little bit, but I find that is very, very cool coincidence. Yes. Well, um, it's very karmic, actually, that it is in October because October is Breast Cancer Month globally mm -hmm. and everything's pink. Um, it's also ovarian cancer awareness and a bunch of other things, but my focus is breast cancer um, because I'm a breast cancer survivor diagnosed oh 23 years ago so hey I'm still here scary diagnosis no yeah. yeah so what happened as a result of that um you know I was quite young and everything was very negative in the media everything I read was about people dying about mm. people suing their doctors for not picking it up and you know, there was really nothing. There was very little information at that time. We didn't have all the pinkness that is here today. So it was very scary and very lonely and very frightening. But I went to a conference, sort of long story short, and what a breast cancer conference, the very first one in Australia for consumers. And one of the speakers, again, was from Canada. Um, she was a Canadian journalist. Her name was Sharon Batt. And she mm -hmm. said, you know, in Canada, we even have breast cancer dragon boat teams. Mm. And she flashed up this slide on the PowerPoint presentation behind her. And there was the boat. And I always remember the name. It was Chemo Savvy, <laughs> which, you know, is a play on Chemo Savvy. Yes. Yeah. So Chemo Savvy. And that's the team from Winnipeg which I didn't know at the time, of course, because, you know, this was. But what happened was a light bulb went on for me and I went, oh, my gosh, this is something so positive. Mm -hmm. And because in my business, I had been involved with the Dragon Boat in the sense that um, we provided the uniforms, we designed the uniforms for the team. Oh. So that inspired me to learn a little bit more about it for breast cancer survivors, because it was mm -hmm. something positive in all the doom and gloom. Mm -hmm. So I discovered it was started in Vancouver as a clinical trial by mm -hmm. Dr. Don McKenzie mm -hmm. at UBC. So from that, what was supposed to have been a six-month trial for these ladies in 1996, and the trial was to prove or disprove that um, upper body, when you have um, breast cancer, they remove the lymph nodes from your armpit that was the standard treatment of the day 
So your um, lymphatic system is compromised. And what happened was um, they would say, go home, you know, wrap yourself in cotton wool. You can't carry a purse on the affected side. Be super careful because you'll develop lymphedema, which is a very debilitating condition where you get the swelling of the extremities. So, you know, all scary stuff. So Don McKenzie, he conducted this trial and he proved that there were no adverse effects from this upper body exercise. He used the dragon boat as the vehicle because it was actually somewhere where you could get a, you know, a good cohort together to study. Mm-hmm. literally all in the same boat <laughs> but <laughs> the result of this study were there were some really unexpected results mm-hmm. which were from the psychosocial level and there was a social worker who was involved with the team and she noticed you know how positive everybody was and how there was that change in attitude from being scared and frightened and you know lost to getting in the team. And at the end of the trial, they had had such a great time. They basically said, hello, we're not going away. This is going to continue. And that team is called Abreast in a Boat. Um, They are still, they are in Vancouver today. They have grown bigger and bigger. And one of the things they did was their mission was to spread the word that there's a lot of good living to do despite breast cancer. And it became their mission. How inspiring, you know, instead of all this doom and gloom. And he actually didn't want to prove the, the mental aspect. He wanted to prove that you can do physical exercise, even as a breast cancer uh, survivor or somebody that had surgery. Uh, and that is the side effect that came out of it. That's awesome, right? Absolutely. There were so many positives that came out of it. And, um, you know, Don um, has been involved with the Canadian Olympic Committee um, with canoeing for many years. So to him, that combination of his medical background, his um, connection with the canoeing at Olympic level, he realized when he heard those stories that this doesn't sit right. Mm -hmm. You know, because he recommended for one of his um, patients that she should do this kind of exercise. And she said, oh, I can't. He said, why not? She said, because I've had breast cancer. And so that was that was the catalyst. And he went, hang on a minute. And the result from that one moment he had thinking that can't be right has sparked this global movement. That 25 years later, there are um, women and a few men all across the globe, you know, from, from Vancouver to Dubai to Fiji to mm-hmm. everywhere. And Australia um, and Canada have a very close relationship because people say we are similar in culture and, con- you know, the countries, they're vast and etc. But also from the breast cancer dragon boating perspective, we have a very close connection, um, which goes back to a breast in a boat again, to spread their message, they had someone designated as the global liaison officer. And her name was Sandy Smith. And I'm blessed to have called her my friend. And what she did was she would correspond. Anybody that wanted to know anything, you would write to a breast in a boat and back would come responses from Sandy saying, this is how you do it. This is that. Mm -hmm. She sent us copies of the medical um, publications Uh, that we could use to kind of convince people because it was very difficult to convince women to go against what their doctors were saying. 
which is understandable, must be very scary. Absolutely, absolutely. And the other, the other thing that's really interesting about this is that in some cultures, and it was the same in our culture, you know, back when I was diagnosed, back when a breast and a boat started, a lot of society didn't talk about it. There was some kind of stigma almost associated with it and people didn't feel comfortable sharing. And yet when you look at the statistics, um, there are so many. And once you start to open up and you talk about it, people go, yes, that's me, that's me. And, you know, my mother, my sister. And there's, some, you know, a great story in the book about when a breast and a boat went to New Zealand for the first time. And they visited one of their sponsors, Colliers, and said, you know, thank you for supporting us. Um, the manager there was surprised. And he said he couldn't understand why they'd gone to New Zealand because they didn't have breast cancer in New Zealand, which was crazy, you know. But that was what he thought at the time. Yeah, yeah. And yet the next day, um, and again, this is in the book, two of the guys from the Colliers office went down to the race site, unbeknownst to each other, and then both kind of confessed to the to the team there and to each other that one's mother had breast cancer, one's sister had breast cancer. So, you know, it was that unspoken. So, so the benefit, I suppose, is that it really has um, opened the floodgates of conversation as well. Yeah. And helping to normalise. Oh, no wonder they felt also so alone when, when it was even hush-hush everything. And, and, I mean, oh, my God, yeah. So what... <laughs> I have so many questions. <laughs> I like get my brain around it. So how did that change your life? That um, like not not the diagnosis, um, but more like finding the dragon boating and that whole organization? Okay, so it changed like the diagnosis obviously changed my life enormously. Yeah. yeah. Because you come face to face with your own mortality. Mm hmm. And that's a whole other conversation. But we didn't have Dragon Boat for Breast Cancer Survivors in Australia. So I was determined to make it happen. And it, it took two years to get 20 women together mm -hmm. um, to get, to get um, the movement going. We had to recruit from Australia-wide. So our model is a bit different. Um, they came from all over Australia rather than from one town or city. And what that has actually proven, you know, with hindsight, is that everybody had that same spirit that they wanted to try something new, that they were prepared to fly in the face of conventional wisdom. And just like those um, originals back in Vancouver, those originals in Australia, because they came from all over the country and got together in 2000, it sparked startups in different parts of this country and got the ball rolling with conversations and you know the National Breast Cancer Foundation and the Breast Cancer Network at the time um, would use the the dragon boaters basically became almost like the face of breast cancer because we were out there and it's the same around the world you know whether you're in Italy whether you're in Israel wherever you might be these women they're on the water they're in the pink um and you can see them living and laughing and having a good time. And that really personalizes those statistics that you're reading about. It helps, I think, take a little bit of the fear away because you look and you go, oh, well, if, if she can do it, I can do it. 
you know, if they can survive when you're first diagnosed, you're looking for somebody who's survived a year, two years, five years, then you find somebody who's survived seven, 10 years, you go, oh, wow, that's really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it gives mm-hmm. you hope. Yeah, it gives you hope. And, um, and, and it, it shows that you're not alone. No, so it's yeah. like that. I feel like that is a big one, too. It's like, I could just imagine when you feel like, oh, I'm the only one that has this. Why am I the one that has this? Not, not realizing that other people suffer the same or have the same diagnosis and, and, and are just as lonely and just as confused and just as scared. And, um, and everybody thinks they're all by themselves. And, and when I think that's you, when you can see somebody out there, you can understand, even if you don't know them personally, you can understand, oh, okay, I'm not alone. I think that m- most likely gives a lot of hope. Yes. Yeah. And a lot of, you know, a lot of the support groups, sometimes people are, you know, they're sitting around in a room, they're chatting or they're having coffee and tea and whatever. And it can be quite doom and gloom. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. When they come into the dragon boat, you're out there, you're on the water, whether it's hot or cold weather, whatever, you know, you're alive because you're in the elements. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And your brain is focused on, you know, how do I hold the paddle and keep in time and all those other things. You don't have time as one of the women said you kind of leave your troubles and your worries on the shore mm-hmm. while you go out and that's a big part of the recovery and the healing process etc yeah. and I like I love the sim- symbolism of it like the dragon like the dragon is something very like it's he's not just um sitting here and, and making himself small a dragon what all I kind of see when I see a dragon is it's like he's going in there and he's kind of like and roaring and okay I'm, I'm giving my all and um and yeah, yeah. so that it, the symbolism is really beautiful too so yes. now but this is now a long time ago and now you decided to write a book so and, and you co-authored the book as far as I understand so we want we yes. don't want to leave the, your friend out of this story absolutely so not why yeah. did you write the book or why did you two ladies write the book and talk a little bit about her as well like how she fits into your whole story okay so I co-authored this with Eleanor Nielsen from Dragons of Rest Toronto So she's the founder of the movement there. Um, And Eleanor and I first met in in 2001 when I visited Toronto and we've encountered and bumped into each other. Over over many years, we walked the Camino together and a bunch of other stuff. And what we noticed um, is that a lot of the history is becoming lost because it's many years now since it all started. And we both felt, having been blessed to be survivors and still here, that it was important to record the history because that's what influences our future and documents it. Mm. And um, we felt that people coming into Dragon Boating for Survivors should be aware of it because if someone doesn't pass it on, you know, that it disappears Mm. and it's there and people take for granted what is, what is there. And someone said, is it still valid today as it was 25 years ago? And the answer to that, we weren't sure about what that answer was. So we went out and we asked some of the newer paddlers that had, that had come in. And the answer is yes, it's as valid today as it was 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. And there's the story of 
a group in um, Bucharest in Romania, they actually started during lockdown. Oh, wow. To put a team together because the woman there had had heard about um, dragon boating for survivors and she was determined to, to make it happen despite despite the lockdown. And I think the testament to that is how many women were keen because obviously they felt something was was missing in their lives. And I think that it, that's, you know, that's super powerful. And, and that was as recently as, um, you know, 2000, she was diagnosed in 2013, but it was in 2020 that um, the called mm-hmm. immunist dragons were, were, were launched, say, mm-hmm. during full lockdown. Yeah. So it's still absolutely relevant. And um, one of the ladies there says, you know, she said, when I started to train, I was feeling alone, not understood by anyone, useless. Now being a part of this amazing group and feeling like someone who helps build this team, I feel like I have grown wings to fly. Wow. And those are the things um, that we knew, that Eleanor and I knew anecdotally. So to write the book was to bring all of that on paper, put it down, to share, um, to share with people who are newly diagnosed. Because when you're first diagnosed, you know, you hunt around for all the positivity and your family and your friends and everybody else. That's because this isn't on your radar until it happens to you. So we believe that when, you know, you can pick up a book like this, um, that, it, that is full of true historical facts, poems and quotes from women who have walked in that path. So powerful. I'm, I'm so glad like you decided and um, from how I know you, who else could have made it happen? Um, it's, um, yeah, it's you. So of course now that's 96, that is actually interestingly the first time I came to Canada. <laughs> so another coincidence in here. But so since 96 and then you, I think came across this a little bit later, but it, it's many years. So how, and, and many years, many stories, many chapters I don't know whether you guys call yourself chapters or not but many different locations how did you decide what you include and what to exclude in the book because I could imagine you could have written an encyclopedia no (laughs) that is an excellent question so what we decided was this is about history so that was the question we asked is this relevant to what happens globally the global history Or is it more relevant to something local? Mm. Is it significant at a local level or a a country level? And that was how we decided. And because now there are hundreds of teams around the world, we chose to tell the story of how it began. So there's a lot about those founding teams. And in the countries where some of them were starting very much simultaneously, we included the first two teams. So we have Vancouver and Toronto. And in the US, we have Pink Phoenix, which is in Portland, Oregon. And then on the other side of the country in in Buffalo, New York, is Hope Chest. So we included a bit about both of them. And there are countries like, um, like Malaysia, like Taiwan, like the Philippines, that we only have a tiny little bit about, but because 
we weren't able to get any more information from them, but we do know they have something happening. So we thought we need to write that down so people can go back and, you know, maybe in another 20 years and say, you know what, there was the foundation of something happening in that country at this time. And I was very lucky because um, like Israel, for instance, that's a good example. I spoke to Mike Haslam, who is the founder of the International Dragon Boat Federation. And I said to him, how long has Israel been saying they've been interested? And so he gave me the year that the inquiries first started in Israel, but it actually took a group of women from Canada um, to buy dragon boats for Israel, uh, Jewish Canadian women. Mm -hmm. They bought the dragon boats for Israel. They went across with trainers um, from Canada and they organized the training and the festival. And at that festival, a number of um, breast cancer survivor teams attended. And that sparked the growth of the movement in Israel. So it's really interesting, yeah, how powerful the breast cancer movement has been in influencing starts in different countries around the world. And I would say that's because of the, the sheer nature of the media worthiness, because it's unusual. Not, not in Australia and Canada now, but in these other countries, it's highly unusual mm-hmm. where they're starting off and there's the women with breast cancer speaking up, getting in a dragon boat. And from that have come other, you know, sports clubs. Yeah, so it's not the restricted kind of thing no. to the dragon boats now. Yeah, okay. I, I didn't know that. That's interesting, yeah. Um, because I saw you were basically, the book is also kind of saying like exercise as medicine, no? So th- this is like from what I'm hearing is just that um, being part of something, having, having an escape with your brain too, to go do something different is, is medicine for what, maybe even for whatever condition you have, but you um, figured it out for uh, breast cancer. Yes. Yes. I think, and there's a lot of studies now um, and in many places, you know, actually in Vancouver, Don McKenzie has a cancer gym. So, you know, and this was in the early days, he was saying, you know, this is what I want to see. You know, you get diagnosed with breast cancer, you get sent to the the oncologist, you get sent, you know, for your radiotherapy, your chemotherapy. You should also be having your um, sessions, you know, with the gym organized. He's got that happening in Vancouver because it actually shows that people who are able to, do some, I mean, obviously supervised mm-hmm. program, do really well, despite, you know, having those dreadful treatments. Um, it actually helps them. Yeah. And it doesn't, doesn't take away from whatever's like chemotherapy or, or radiation or whatever else you need. It's more like, this is just something also to focus on again, like medicine or additional support, like whether it's nutritional or exercise or mental and emotional support, besides all the um, school medicine and the treatments that you're going through. And um, I think, and, and just thinking about it for me, I would think like, again, the dragon boating, it's the symbolic of it. I love so much. No, it's like this. Okay. We're not just sitting here and letting this, doom and gloom uh, shower over us we're actually um, becoming dragons and um, 
That's right. Through yeah. dragon boating. Yeah. So what do you think? Who needs to read the book? So is, is there, um, do you have somebody special in mind who really, really needs to read the book? So we, <laughs> we have a couple of different audiences, but I think the person who really, really needs to read this book is somebody who is newly diagnosed Mm-hmm. or somebody who was diagnosed some years ago and is still feeling lost and alone and afraid, um, or even somebody who's been diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer. Because in the book, there are some amazing stories of women you know, living with advanced breast cancer. And that's the key word. They're living with, they're not dying off. Um, and that's it's it's all about living yeah so if you are just starting on this journey or if you've got a family member and you you know you're not sure what what to expect in terms of what can their life be afterwards um this will give you that that um hope mm-hmm. and that inspiration and depending on where in the world you are there is probably a team not too far away. And um, if there isn't a team, there's probably a Dragon Ball Club. And if there isn't a club, like in the book, there's stories of, you know, in Austria, how <laughs> Svenja just, she got one started. There wasn't one there. In, you know, in mm-hmm. Qatar, there wasn't one there. In Doha, there wasn't one there. So in Italy, there wasn't one. <laughs> uh, and in France, there weren't. But it was the women that, that got them happening because they got inspired and they made it happen. So it's like um, one of the Swedish ladies says, it gives you something to focus your attention on mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. to enjoy and that your family and your supporters can also become involved with because they're a very important part of this journey. Yeah, and something positive to focus on instead of just having this black cloud that is hanging over you just focusing on that trying to focus on 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 something that pulls you more towards yeah positivity and 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 which probably makes you stronger to then and and i think like makes your immune system probably stronger too so you can handle the treatments better and it gives you it gives you purpose and and something to aim for Mm -hmm. um like trishy nelson who's started the uh, movement in New Zealand she was she was at home she'd just been going through her treatments and she saw a breast in a boat on the television in um, Wellington and she said I'm going to do that once I've finished my treatment and she made it happen in New Zealand and then you know with her determination even though people said no her story of how she made it happen and who she roped in and yeah it, it's amazing it just takes it takes one person with a bit of determination and passion i guess and yeah. you know when you want something positive for yourself you just go don't tell me no i'm going to make it happen yeah so when when i listen to you talking i'm thinking almost like it doesn't matter maybe even with what you're diagnosed you can still read the book and get so much inspiration and hope out of it because you read about stories of women who 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 did something with it and then maybe you don't have you maybe you're not diagnosed with breast cancer but with some other scary 
yes. health issue and and you could you could take the ideas and the concepts and say oh wait a second if these ladies can do it then maybe i can do something um, absolutely inspiring absolutely so, yes yeah. definitely yeah um, so before we wrap up do you think you need to get something else off your chest <laughs> is, there any, <laughs> is there anything we didn't talk about that you feel like this needs to be said too I think the the key thing that needs to be said is, you know, no matter what the diagnosis, where there is life, there is hope. And medical treatments continue to change. There are new drugs. There are new um, things coming to market all the time. So no matter that diagnosis, it is tough. But for as long as you're alive, which is what these stories show, um, there's still good living to do. So keep that message front of mind. And if you need to have a pity party, that's okay. That's perfectly normal. It isn't all plain sailing. But when you surround yourself by people, with people that um, have been through the same kind of thing, they will help you through it. So always reach out for, for support. Mm. Beautiful words, Michelle, beautiful words. Thank you so much for being a guest on my podcast again, sharing this amazing story. Cancer was in my family. So I, ha I have a, not myself, but I have a lot of respect from this disease. And it sounds so beautiful, your book. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you, Connie. It's um, been my privilege to share. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Okay, my friend, that was my conversation with Michelle Henton and how dragon boating can be medicine and her book Exercise as Medicine Internationally Abreast, the story of the dragon boating that's coming out on October 25th, 2021. If you want to find out more about Michelle, the book or her business Dragon Sisters, you'll find all the links of the things we were talking about in the show notes and the show notes you find at conigraph.com forward slash podcast forward slash 95. That is conigraph, C-O-N-N-Y-G-R-A-F dot com forward slash podcast forward slash 95. And I will also put a link to the episode number 40 with Michelle that I mentioned in the conversation before, where we talk about strategic planning and how she used it to fulfill her dream of living and working in Europe. Thanks for joining me and have an awesome week. Thank you for joining me today and listening all the way to the end. If you struggle with clutter in your home, office, files, or finances, please sign up for a complimentary clutter clarity chat. I would love to tell and show you how I can help. You can find the scheduling link in the show notes. Have a beautiful and amazing week and please subscribe so you never miss an episode. See you next week. Take good care and be safe.